This episode is powered by Safety FM. In today's episode, we're going to talk about touch profiling, and this is to continue our business continuity series. So this is part two. If you did not get a chance to listen to part one, then go back and listen to that one. I talk a little bit about the virus that causes the COVID-19 disease. Now, I'm going to talk about what to do when you're at work. This is also leading into Thursday. We're going to have a roundtable live streamed event. You can listen to it on safetyfm.tv. Uh, well, you could see it and listen to it on safetyfm.tv, but you're also going to be able to listen to it at safetyfm.com. So that's the things that you will uh, be able to pretty much listen to. And if you do have an opportunity to attend a live event, then do it. It'll be great. Just join by signing into safetyfm.tv. And you're going to have not just me, but you're going to have uh, my good buddy and business partner, Kevin Yarbrough. Kevin was uh, highlighted in one of my previous episodes. He is the OSHA guy. So Kevin was almost 30 years at OSHA. Uh, and he was retired as the assistant area director of OSHA. So therefore, he has some experience on what to do with compliance got a lot of experience on what to do with compliance. So he's going to be part of that roundtable on Thursday. Abby Ferry, who is from the Safety Justice League, she's going to join. And I interviewed Abby uh, really, really early in my podcasting. And another one will be, uh, well, it's going to be Jake Wolfenden. (laughs) My wife did the ad. Uh, for the show and it was really hard for her at first to get Jake's name out so I was like Wolfenden and she's like Wolfenden like nope Wolfenden <laughs> it was pretty funny but uh, I interviewed Jake pretty early in my podcasting career as well and uh, those early episodes you'll see Abby and Jake uh, they're going to join me and Jake's with the Safe, uh, Summit Safety Group and he's been really putting out great content out there so I asked him to help join me uh, Jay Allen with Safety FM he's actually going to be the guy behind the board getting everything so that it sounds good and you'll be able to see it on safetyfm.tv to be able to hear it if you're out in the road you can't actually see it go to safetyfm.com or the safety fm app all right so when i come back after these messages then i'm going to go into the part two of what I'm calling business continuity, the touch profiling. So this thing can be spread by touching, and that's in episode one. You, you know, you've got a good idea of what surfaces you touch, how long the virus could be on that surface, and then if that comes in contact to a worker, they could then get the virus. So we're going to talk about touch profiling and my definition of that and how to use this into business continuity practices. All right, so I'll see you back in just a few seconds. So have I told you about this one? I know that this one's actually coming up this week. So Sheldon Primus from the Safety Consultant Podcast and Abby Ferry from the Safety Justice League are going to be doing something special and a little intimate on Thursday, May the 14th at 7 p.m. 
an EHS look at reopening America's workplaces. There's going to be a live virtual roundtable discussion, live stream, and audio on Safety FM. Also, we'll be doing a video stream as well on safetyfm.tv. People that are going to be doing the roundtable, Sheldon Primus, host of the Safety Consultant Podcast, Abby Ferry from the Safety Justice League, Kevin Yarbrough, former OSHA Area Assistant Director, Jake Wolfendean, Summit Safety Group. So if you do get an opportunity, tune in on Thursday, May the 14th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, streaming on safetyfm.com and safetyfm.live. That's the audio version, or you can go to safetyfm.tv. Now, keep in mind that we do have some chat boxes available there. So you can interact with the box. We can go back and forth, have some conversations, and see what we can come up with. Anyways, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM. And that's the listener. See you then, May 14th, 7 p.m. All right. In this episode, we're really going to concentrate on what I'm calling touch profile for business continuity. Uh, This first came from a presentation I put together on a World Safety Day. It was a world event. And I was one of the speakers of this event. And I talked about pretty much how the SARS-CoV-2 and that severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, that virus, as it becomes a disease, becomes what we're now calling corona or COVID-19. So I spoke on this one and I created something called touch profiling. And I've actually done this a long time ago. And uh, this is something that I've used in my previous career as a wastewater operator. I never really called it touch profiling, but I am, I, I kind of decided I was going to name that uh, this, this uh, time around. So, yes, or I should say last week's episode, we talked about how long the virus could stay on surfaces, right? So if a virus is on any surface, it has a certain amount of time that it could be alive. So metal five days glass up to five days ceramics five days paper up to five days wood four days plastics two to three days stainless steel two to three days cardboard one day aluminum two to eight hours copper four hours so right now that's going to be our basis and truly it's mind-numbing if you start thinking about all the things you touch and the virus could still be on there therefore a mode of entry can be if you touch any of these items and you ingest it inhale it right now injection we don't know about but absorption meaning you rub your eyes and you have the SARS-CoV-2 virus in your hands or on your gloved hands and you're rubbing your eyes that's a mode of entry so that I don't want to make it scare you I can't do that to you but what I really want you to do is just focus concentrate think about all the things that you touch within your day you're a steering wheel, your phone over and over and over again, right? Uh, you're touching your keys, you're touching, and this is just 
get out the house, right? <laughs> you got to touch surfaces, doorknobs, handrails. Uh, you're touching the actual, um, when you open the fridge in the break room, all that stuff is being touched. So if that's the case, then you're really going to have to be aware of what you're touching. And uh, for me, I am obsessive about what I touch because of my career as being a wastewater operator. If you're not familiar, clean water is our finished product. What we start with is anything that's been flushed or anything that has been poured down a drain. That's our beginning point. So that means we're touching raw wastewater as a wastewater operator and sludge which is concentrated and in that case you know we've got many biological hazards in this process so throughout that i have to be aware of what i touch and that's what i call my touch profiling right so if you touch something with gloved hands all right you're protected but the virus is still on your hands so therefore even with gloved hands and you touch your mouth you touch your eyes uh, you introduce it into your body somehow gloves didn't protect you so that means the only thing gloves are going to do is they're going to protect your hands from let's say it's absorption into a cut you got a cut in your hands you're wearing your gloved hands the virus can't be introduced into your bloodstream because your gloves are protecting you at that point so that's one absolute direct protection for the gloves however if you're handling a doorknob, the virus is now on the gloves and not on your hands. So wherever you put your hands next, you could transfer that virus up to five days, right? Because you're saying, yeah, and that was a CDC thing when I gave you the days. Uh, CDC is saying five days for metal. So uh, you really want to be careful for that. And then newspaper, right? Sunday newspaper can still have a live virus if someone sneezed on it or had somehow respiratory droplets land on that newspaper. That live virus will still be there on Friday from the Sunday newspaper. So you might get something extra with your Sunday funnies. So anyway, the, um, the idea is gloves aren't the end all to be all, but it's one barrier, especially if you have your hands that if you do have cuts in your hands, you're protecting yourself that way. So the next thing you need to really do is adapt universal precautions. So all you that are thinking of universal precautions as only being bloodborne pathogens, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is bloodborne pathogens, but now we're thinking of it as virus spread. And universal precautions is this. If I see any bodily fluids anywhere from anyone if it's my kid or if it's you know someone that i've a stranger that i'm trying to help is a good samaritan i am going to protect myself first as if that bodily fluid has some sort of virus some sort of disease that i can contract so therefore universal precaution says i see this material i protect myself even if it's in, they call it presumed infectious material or if it's infectious material and I know it's infected infectious it doesn't matter 
I'm always going to have some sort of protection for myself, right? So that is universal precautions. First thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to look at universal precautions for anything you touch. So I, I truly would start with that one. The next thing that you're going to be doing in my touch profiling, you, all your workers, all the management, everyone throughout the day is going to have to start thinking about where do I put my hands? <laughs> what am I touching? Where is the next person going to touch? Am I spreading this for someone else who's going to touch this surface? Who's going to touch this paper? Who's going to touch this box that I just got from, um, you know, Chick-fil-A? I don't know. I love Chick-fil-A. haven't had that in a while since I've been a flexitarian. But anyway, truly, that's the idea. So uh, I'll give you a personal example before I go into the touch profiling. I will go into the touch profiling. But my wife and I, we go shopping. Face mask, gloves. Anytime someone is going through the shelves in the shopping mart, going through Publix for us in Florida, and that's P-U-L-I-X. So uh, Publix, Trader Joe's, wherever you're shopping. Everyone that's shopping, they're touching the front items usually, right? They may not be touching the back items, but if that thing is freshly stocked and it's cardboard, you know, then truly three days ago, you know, did the stocker have that? Um, and or should say cardboard's only a day, right? So if it was freshly stocked, you know, maybe the person who stocked it could have been a carrier of the virus. So we're working on gloves. But it's just like magic. Every time you put gloves on, all of a sudden your face itches. All of a sudden you gotta readjust your eyes. And then if you're wearing your face mask with your gloves and your face marks, you get hot with your face mask, then what am I going to do? I got virus hands. <laughs> no, you may, you may not. You don't know, but this is universal precautions, right? So you're saying if you're touching anything, I am going to assume that it has a virus on it. So in that case, you know, you're probably going to want to wear two gloves in some situations. And the reason would be, First layer of gloves, outer layers are dirty hands. Second layer of gloves will be clean hands. So if you are in that situation where you must scratch, you can't take it, I got to. All right, take off your first layer of gloves. You got to do it properly. You're gonna pull up on the palm of your hand first. That's gonna create a little gapping for the glove. Slide that glove up in the hand uh, to the tip, fingertips. And then you're going to actually just keep uh, pretty much wrapping that uh, glove that you're assuming has a virus in it inside of the second gloved hand that you just pulled it off of with the underside glove, the second clean hands, if you will, and that is a true protocol. You're going to slide your finger, and it's your pointer finger, underneath the cuff of the first outer glove that's dirty, so you're getting underneath that, and then you're gonna just keep pulling that finger up and lifting up that outer glove and pull it inside out. And now once it's inside out, that's the clean part, right? The virus side is on the outside. Then you dis discard that glove that's dirty, 
You got brand new clothes that are on your hands right now that's the second pair. Now you could actually, you know, fix your mask, fix your glasses, any other things that you really need to do at that point. So that's the, the first thing that you're, you're going to really be thinking of, right? I don't always do the clean hand, dirty hand protocol as I just described it. That's an alternative version. Clean hand, dirty hands is an actual sampling technique that you use when you want to sample trace metals in water. Uh, so if you want to see what this trace metal content is, one person will be the dirty hands handling the sample bottles and cleaning it and uh, driving and all that stuff. The other person, the only job they have to do is take that sample from the clean bottles, clean dipper, clean uh, wherever they're going to put the sample for, um, uh, for the travel to the lab. That's the only job for clean hands. Everything else is going to be handled by dirty hands. So two people are doing this. It is the EPA sampling method 1669. So 1669 if you want to see that EPA sampling method. I'm describing an alternative version of that is really what it boils down to. So now let's go back to the... Well, first I was giving you a description of what me and my wife do. All right, we got our groceries, right? Gloved hands. Uh, before we even, we open the door for the car, and that's with gloved hands. But inside the car is considered safe. So what we do is, at that time, we'll take off our gloves, and you don't touch anything. The only thing we had touched at this time was the keys and the key fob to get that car door open and the doorknob on the outside. So what we'll do then is we'll spray. We've got a, um, a spray with alcohol. We'll spray that on the keys. We'll spray that on the uh, door. And that then would make sure that we're gonna kill the virus with that alcohol spray. Uh, it's okay to spray your gloved hands as well because uh, even though it's not physical skin, uh, the alcohol solution that you would use if you were going to pump that alcohol, uh, whatever it is, on your hands and wipe it off to sanitize your hands, you could do that with gloved hands as well. So as you're doing that and what we do, then the keys are good enough to pick up again. Then we can close that door, especially on the inside. And we're good again and we don't need mask at that time so we take off our mask at that time with our clean hands and if we need to wipe anything down we can and i also have one of my engineering controls that it's going to be coming i don't have it yet but it's on order a uv wand uvc is effective for killing viruses and uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit because there are some safety precautions with that as well all right at work, let's say you're going to do this touch profiling I'm talking about, so now you really need to know what it is. Think of touch profiling as mindful handling of things. So if I'm going to touch something, I want to mindfully handle it so I am aware of what I'm touching, where I'm putting it, and then also, am I going to infect someone else after because they may not have gloved hands. So I have to think about this in the workplace, especially from the safety and health coordinator. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a 
touch profile protocol with all my workers, have them think mindfully of where they're touching, how they're touching, how many times they're touching certain objects, certain doors. Uh, also, if they feel like they have an itch or a sweat, what is the trigger to that behavior that makes you want to itch or makes you want to wipe your brow? Because when it comes to engineering controls, again, PPE is the gloves that we're using, the face mask is PPE, but the engineering control part is when we are going to say the workers have come back to me at the end of the day, they talked to me, and then they told me that, man, Sheldon, right every time I go into that uh, warehouse door in the back, you know, just, I feel so hot back there. So now you're thinking, all right, well, what I need to do is maybe we could do some ventilation right in that area. And I'll be like, hmm, all right. So we created a profile of behavior. We're going to create an engineering solution first, if there is one. And then uh, we also could do something called mapping. We could start mapping out the areas that are frequently touched. And when we do that, we could have a sign that says frequently touched area watch your hands wash your hands after going through here or put a station where someone could go ahead and use that alcohol uh, sanitizer right there or put in an automatic door so no touching at all those are just some of the things that is going to come up those are just some of the things that you could start thinking about for the engineering control part of this after the touch profiling because now you'll really be able to see when everyone comes back and they're mindfully aware of what they're touching you could actually see a pattern that'll develop if you're really really dedicated on uh, the touch profiling you might even say lunchtime we're getting more hands on this break room door because we're reporting x amount of touches on this doorknob at this time of day all right, maybe that's the time that we need to prop open this door and no one's going to be touching that door handle. Or maybe it's the time for us to think we're going to have to have one person stationed there with their mask on and their gloves and cleaning supplies and they're going to wipe down after everyone touches that door one time. Wipe it down. Someone opens the door one time. Wipe it down. Universal precautions because it could have a virus on it from that one person touching it. Not because they're a carrier but maybe because they didn't have you know a hand sand prior to that seems daunting right it is but you only have to do it one or two times right before you get your profile and then when you get your profile and you really understand how the individual workplace Every workplace is going to be different. Construction site is going to be different than a warehouse, which is going to be different than manufacturing, which will be different than retail, which will be different from, you know, a hospital setting. But if you're the safety and health officer, if you're the consultant, you're going to be dedicated to figuring out what are different. How can I make this thing where it's going to work for my client? That's the key to it, right? So then after that, we got to the touching profile. We got to the mindfulness. Uh, have a big discussion and training for all your workers. You want to train them that their hands, even though they're wearing gloves, can be a false sense of security. 
You also want to train them as into how to put on and take off these gloves properly. Uh, you want to train them as to universal precautions for this uh, item. And those are the things you really want to start thinking about. The next thing you're going to do is the controls. And I mentioned already UVC. UVC lights. UVC is a wonderful thing. In the wastewater field, when they started doing UVC for disinfecting, that would to, was to replace gas chlorine, ozone, uh, other disinfectants that you have. There's a whole bunch of different uh, disinfectants that you can use for treated wastewater. So UVC is effective for killing viruses or else we wouldn't use it for pathogenic kill if we're going to make that water go out into any of receiving streams. So therefore, if you had a UVC wand or a UVC lighting area, if you're doing it by a big station, you're going to want to use far UVC where it's not too close to the individual because UVC, UVC lighting if it's near UVC lighting, can cause cancer on the skin. So you don't want that. So what you're gonna do is you're using that wand to, to kill the virus on surfaces. So those cardboard boxes that you're getting from takeout or styrofoam boxes from uh, takeout. Me and my wife, we wipe all that stuff down. After grocery shopping, we have one side of the counter. That's the dirty side. So we put our grocery bags down there. One of us is responsible. Uh, we uh, put hot, soapy water with bleach in this uh, double sink. One person will wipe down each container, each thing. And then after it's wiped down with the bleach solution, uh, we're gonna move it over to the clean side of the counter. And we do that with each item that we get from the grocery store and the bag. Then we put the bag away. We're good for that. We'll wipe down the counter itself with that rag with bleach water. And then after that, we're going to clean. Uh, well, we'll wash our hands and 20 seconds, right? Usually we're a little longer, but other than that, if I had a UVC light wand, which is on the way, I can't wait till I get this thing. I can't remember where I got it from. I really wish I, I could. UVC Warrior, something like that. Or UV Warrior, I believe is the manufacturer. But uh, if you go to iuva.org, or actually, Go to sheldonprimas.com backslash. I think it's coronavirus. I really should know my own domain names, but I have so many. Uh, corona. Uh, yeah, I believe it's sheldonprimas.com backslash coronavirus. Or if you can go to website, it's on one of the, uh, the links there. So you can get this presentation I'm talking to you on, and you can start seeing all the things from the presentation. But the International UV Association, IUVA, they have an article and a report that they did showing that coronavirus SARS and MERS, MARS, uh, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, both were effectively killed by UVC lighting at the range of 200 nanometers to 280 nanometers. That's 
the range that you're looking for. And that's why they call it UVC. That's that UVC range right there. If you are getting a wand like that, make sure that, or anything like that, make sure you could use it on gloves, but you can't use it on your hands again, or your face, or anything with skin, because it can cause cancer. You don't want that to happen. Even though you won't feel it, it can cause that. So that wavelength is no good for skin. But it's great for shared keyboards, or your button on the elevators, or something similar to that. That's a good application for it wanding the door when people are coming in and leaving and you uh, they'll give you a certain when you get your product they'll tell you how much uh, basically it's like 12 to 18 inches if that away from the surface and you're doing two seconds uh, maybe five seconds max and that's already good enough for a pathogen kill so uh, it's very, very, very effective. So that would be an engineering control. Work rules, administrative controls means you're gonna do physical distancing, which we're calling social distancing, but I don't like that term. It's not social distancing, it's physical distancing. That's what you want. You can be as social as you want. Just don't be social six feet close to somebody. Frequent surfaces that are touched needs to be wiped down with actual, some sort of bleach solution, UV wand if you're not wiping. That is the second administrative control. So that means in paper, you're gonna have to actually put in paper how many times a surface is gonna be cleaned, how many times the break room's gonna be cleaned, how many times something is gonna be cleaned and who's responsible for it. So <laughs> that means not only you making a plan, but you're gonna make it a detailed plan with people who need to be held accountable for this. And then you have to give them training, give them protective equipment, because at this point, that's the only thing we can use that will really help us. And uh, yeah, hand sand, all that other stuff. Things you could do for, again, uh, this is controlling the spread of the virus. Hand sanitizer, have that readily available. Staggering work schedules, and you might have to talk to HR about how you could do that. Uh, you're also going to start thinking about, you know, can we go 24 hours instead of an eight-hour shift so we don't have as hard of a hit with production? So safety and production, they've always clashed in the past. Imagine how much they're gonna clash now when we're telling people the safe thing to do is six feet apart and you're looking at this workstation and these actual engineered machinery that does not allow for that. Oh my, production's gonna have to go down if you're only gonna have you know, a third of your workforce, a quarter of your workforce that could physically be in any location at any one time production is going to take a hit and I'm pretty sure your business will uh, will appreciate if safety can say we could help with production if we really have um, someone that could plan this out think it out do some more shifts whatever we got to do and as uh, HR gets a hold of this risk management gets a hold of this, the union gets a hold of this. We're all gonna have to come together and just get to some terms. And uh, I'm pretty sure everyone will be willing to do that. 
Wearing face mask is definitely one of the things you'll have to think of as well. And then of course, the clean hand, dirty hand uh, protocol that I mentioned, okay? So that's, that's the basis of what I really wanted to, to break down for you guys to give you an idea of what I am calling touch profiling. So I'm going to release this episode as quickly as possible. And it's going to be um, probably be a regular Monday release. But Thursday, I want to remind you that we're going to do that event 7 p.m. That's p.m., not a.m. Thursday, May 14th, 2020. We're going to have a live event that you could watch on safetyfm.tv or you could listen to it safetyfm.com and if you want to ask a question you have to do that ahead of time so email me at sheldon at safetyconsultant.us sheldon at safetyconsultant.us and then I will add that question that you have to this roundtable event so I am not going to do a tip of the week like I mentioned before I'm going to play the uh, virtual commercial for the virtual roundtable after this so you could hear it again and you could uh, write down any notes you need to it's you know i think it's like 30 seconds or something not maybe not even uh, but just write down that event uh for more information you could also go to safety consultant where am i gonna keep this one? Oh, actually let's do it this way SheldonPrimas.com backslash roundtable. Roundtable. So that means I gotta put up another site, another site, another page really quick. All right. So hang in there. I'm gonna do my best to help you out. And we're going to get through this thing together. All right. So have a great rest of your week. And I will see you on Thursday night with my roundtable. And after that episode is recorded, I'm going to try to get it out hopefully the next day. That's going to be my key. I have to split it into a Friday, Monday, but I'm going to try to get it out as quickly as I can. All right. So listen up real quick. Uh, the the uh, notice that's coming right after with the virtual meeting. And I will see you next week or Thursday. I'm going to mess myself up with this. I'll see you Thursday night. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.